was at the ball game. And by the way, Dave, Paul, anyone with a thought about yesterday's ball game? We have an hour together. Part of the time we're going to spend hearing a great story about an, a, an Oregon-based company in Forest Grove. Ole Evenson, who's a big Beaver baseball fan, will join us. Uh, he and Rich Dorman have struck up a friendship uh, early, in, in fact, in February. Ole is part of uh, Old Trapper Beef Jerky, which I didn't know was based in Forest Grove. Big sponsors of Jim Rome. Who talk, he, Romy talks about them all the time, but they're locally based, essentially. Forest Grove and a tremendous story and a big Beaver baseball fan, Ole Evenson. Later in the show, John Spolster, we believe, will also be on the show in this, the final week of the shows. But early and often here now, we hope to hear from you via the text line, the Downward Dog phone line, and it was to the Downward Dog that we repaired after the game yesterday. I'm in the McGrath family press box in the celebratory atmosphere of Goss. Goss, by the way, put its best foot forward maybe ever this weekend in terms of what the ballpark can be, what it's all about, what the fan base is about displaying the sportsmanship and admiration for the New Mexico State pitcher, Ian Mejia, called it the best moment of his baseball life when interviewed the next day in the elimination game against Vanderbilt, coming off the field at the standing ovation from an appreciative Beaver crowd from in the Saturday or Sunday game against Vanderbilt when the Beavs were really kind of scuffling, couldn't really get anything going, inning by inning, the fans on their feet, cheering the team coming in and off the field, doing all they could to rally the guys up. And then yesterday's scene was just one of the the sweetest, the best in a dramatic ball game. We've been through a lot together, all of us as fans. I've called a lot of of big games and exciting games, bigger in magnitude in a sense than than that. I understand that. But I'm just saying that yesterday was one of the more enjoyable experiences to see the beeves come out on top. Had it gone the other way, I may not be as uh, waxing as uh, excitedly as I am now about what that experience was like. But I just thought it was one of the best ball games and emotionally uh, challenging experience, the highs and lows and the ups and downs of all of it, just an incredible set of swings of exhilarating emotion to feeling, as I said, punched in the gut at times too. And two great ball clubs, blue blood baseball programs, five national championships combined with the two, slugging it out to the very end. And the drama of Cooper Jerpy coming in, Melton, the guy, hits a big two-run home run to kind of bust out of a slump. Matthew Gretler showing the kind of metal that great teams have with his home run that you need guys to produce that may not yet. You need more than just Melton or Boyd or Meckler or Forrester, you need somebody else on occasion to to get you the big hit, and Gretler did. And Dernetti gets three RBIs, and, and I was so happy for him on so many levels that the error yeah, that we saw <laughs> felt and that that didn't end up being the thing that cost the Beavers a chance to win the Corvallis Regional because that would be a very hard thing to live with. You could hear it in your voice, Mike, yeah, well, when that error happened. Oh. Yeah, it changed everything. Oh, it did. You, you you might go home with relative, not ease. Vanderbilt's not going to make anything easy for you. But you were in great shape at that point, up 6-3, the inning over. A little toss to Bazana at second. And Kyle was probably processing and thinking the same thing. Here we go. I'll get this ball to Bazana. But he was thinking about getting the ball to Bazana, measuring that up. Can I get the runner at second? Kind of slowly hit ball. Can I? Should I? Job one is just to secure the base. And so job one didn't. Anyway, all of that to say it worked out. And even after Vandy came back to tie it in another kind of dubious run that Enrique Bradfield Jr. created with his legs, the Beavers managed with Jerpy coming out of the pen to regather the momentum. I was just talking to Rich Dorman about this. Jacob Melton struck out with the bases loaded to end the bottom of the seventh when it looked like the Beavers might be able to extend the lead a little bit. They bring in this freshman pitcher, Ryan Ginther, a left-hander to match up with Jacob, and he strikes him out. And the Vanderbilt dugout was, oh, we're good now. We're going to win this game. And they were alive and jumping up and down and greeting Ginther coming off the field. They were pumped up. They're, 
They know the road to Omaha. They were in the finals last year. They were in the series in 19 and won it. I mean, they're they're really good. And so with Ginther striking out Melton, it looked like the momentum had swung back to Vandy. But then I see number 26 coming out of the bullpen, out of the corner, Cooper Jerpy, and said on the air, and here comes Cooper, here he comes now in the eighth. And that kind of swung it back to, okay, you guys are all pumped up. Watch this. And he strikes out the side. And as Jim Wilson so eloquently put it after the game, for Cooper to get that two-inning save, all he needed on the field, Jimmy said he's like the king in his court. All he needed was a catcher and a first baseman. Yeah. And that's how he got the six outs. It was unbelievable, TJ. And the emotions of all of it. So we have phones open now. We'll talk to Ole Evenson, get his perspective on it later, and tra- tell a great state of Oregon business, family business story. Ole will join us a little bit later. Open phones now, 497-5356. Dougie's come down from uh, his office. We want to get his perspective. He had a front row seat to it. TJ, what were your thoughts about all of that? Well, I was just saying, I just hope Cooper's elbow feels all right today. I mean, he I, I hope he, he skipped his bullpen, and that was his bullpen. If it was his right. bullpen, I think he did a pretty good job. <laughs> he threw a lot of pitches over the plate, and he, uh, oh, man, he looked good. Mm. He looked good. And it, it, it's nice, and now the Beavers get a good draw schedule-wise Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm-hmm. And Cooper will, I think, be ready to go come Saturday. In fact, that was what I talked with Rich a little bit about, and, and he said that's the plan. And so Saturday, Sunday, Monday works out well in that respect uh, to give Cooper more time and even the night game. Now, all of that Saturday night, I think, allows Cooper to come back. We've got our good friends Dave and Paul on the line. We have texts available and open. At, uh, we went to the Downward Dog right after the game on campus and celebrated my family. We were all there, my wife and two daughters and a lot of Beaver fans. It was a great atmosphere at Downward Dog. And I'm sure they were happy at University Honda, too. <laughs> on a Monday afternoon, and our University Honda text line is available at 497-5356. Before we get to our calls and your texts, and thank you for listening. We hope you'll participate today. Doug Blair, I saw you. I even commented on your decorum during the course of the game because I saw you sort of waving Spencer Jones off the field, not in a mean-spirited way, but after he struck <laughs> out, funny. you were up and, and kind of, it looked like you are almost giving him a wave. That's a great player. He'll be in the major league soon, but it looked like you were having a great time. Uh, Yeah, great time. And I was applauding the fact that he struck out (laughs) because he's such a such a great player and such a threat uh, to to hit the long ball. So, um, you know, I've been going to Beaver baseball for a long time, and that had to be right up there is one of the most exciting games from the opening pitch to the Mm -hmm. last pitch of the game that I've ever seen. I mean, ebbs and flows and. And, you know, Tim Corbin said after the game that he never felt for a second that Vanderbilt was going to lose that game, mm-hmm. and the team played that way. Well, they do. Because, yep. because that's the kind of team they are. Right. You know, they don't lose to, to very often, especially, you know, yeah. especially in regionals and super regionals. So yep. it, was, it was exciting for sure. And why should he? The, his guys just out there making plays. We, we kept talking about Spencer Jones I mean, and Ricky Bradfield, oh. that catch he made. Was well, he made it so easy, though. Unbelievable. But yeah, he's just gliding. Glides over and then just kind of mm-hmm. jumps up and pulls it back. How do you how do you um, steal 46 bases? You're 46 for 40. I mean, he's never been thrown out. No. Stealing second all year. I, how's that possible? No, I've never seen that. As I said no. to Jimmy, when writing down stats, you create your scorecard and sheet and all of that and have numbers attached to the guys in the batting order. I have never undertaken one. Stolen bases, eh, 12 for 15, 13 for 19, 20. <laughs> well, 90% is pretty good. 46, yeah. 46, for, 46 for 46. That's never come. I've never written that with my hand. In my hand. Gavin Logan made a great throw. Oh, there's Perfect a yeah, throw to he, second base, and he still beat the throw by about a half a step. No, he's he's incredible. <laughs> that, that That's a good team there. Yeah, very good. They, they kind of they had some ups and downs during the course of their year coming off going to Omaha in the finals last year, but they'll be back. I mean, they they had some young arms that looked really good. That pitcher that beat the Beavers the day before, freshman lefty Devin Futrell. They're good. Yeah, they are good. And, and the guy they started yesterday was yeah. a, a former top, uh, he was the number five right-hander in his class in high school, <laughs> a guy who would go in the first round, but instead he goes to Vandy. That's the, that's the type of reach they have. 
it's, as, it's as amazing. We've, as we've talked about before, they they certainly meet the get off the bus test. <laughs> yes, they do. I mean, they they look like an athletic yep. and good baseball team. They do. They were my and we talked about Vandy being the Stanford of the SEC. And Stanford showed what they're all about, too, yeah. in that incredible comeback last was night. Was that but unbelievable? It was, in a sense. But on the other hand, it, it it didn't stun me, Dougie, just knowing who they are. Stanford and Vanderbilt are comparable in terms yeah. of that athletic ability and talent. Vandy, Vandy's good. And for the Beavers to, to beat them in the in the regional to advance to the Supers is, is good, great. Yeah, on Mitch no. and Rich and the coaches and the players for finding a way to do that. And in talking to the, uh, a Vanderbilt fan after the game, uh, he said, uh, you know, congratulations, first of all. He, he said, you know, that was a, a great game. Um, he said, uh, Auburn is good. Oh, I'm really sure good. they are. They <laughs> so, just pounded UCLA. Yeah, I said, well, that doesn't make me feel real good. But, <laughs> of course, you get, to the, you get to this stage, all the teams are good. So, yep. you know. And he did. He, he gave you a parting shot too, right? Like go. Yeah, he said beat Auburn for us, would you? Yeah, they don't like them. We don't like Auburn. At SEC, <laughs> those SEC rivalries are pretty intense. They are pretty intense. So we'll yeah. we'll let's try to do that for the Vanderbilt fans. Yeah, beat Auburn, and maybe let's, for us too. Exactly. Dougie, exactly. thanks for coming by. Yeah. That was a yep, great atmosphere. Bet. A lot of fun. Yeah, let's go to some calls. We'll get to some texts. Ole Evenson from Old Trapper, beef jerky. Based in Forest Grove, is that? Oh, yeah, of course I knew that. Well, I didn't. You know, I didn't know that. I've, I've enjoyed the product for many years. I guess I've never looked at the packaging, never really read any stories about them. Right up the road in Forest Grove, and Ole, one of the family. It's a family business and a big Beaver baseball fan. We'll get his perspective a little bit later. Let's go to Dave from Tumwater first with Paul on deck, and want to kind of get your feel about Goss this weekend. The, the aspects to the crowd and the atmosphere and just your own experience of it. And did you talk to other, uh, any people from New Mexico state or San Diego or Vandy about what they thought of the whole thing here in Corvallis through all the weathers? Uh, it was a tremendous way to bring the regional to a close. Dave, I know you were there. Thanks for the call. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, it was an amazing weekend. I haven't been going to games uh, in Corvallis as long as Dougie has. And I've been there for for some great moments. Uh, Stephen Kwan's Grand Slam, Preston Jones scoring from second on a pass ball, Adley's Titanic shot, Luke Heimlich's walk of all of them mm-hmm. uh, in the modern era, modern, modern era. But the atmosphere in that stadium, Mike, in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning yesterday, was just incredible. In fact, I couldn't sit down. I mean, I, I wore a path in the concrete between Paul at one end and Danny at the other. I just kept pat, p- pacing back and forth. It, it was just uh, just unbelievable. Uh, but I want to say one thing, uh, Mike. Uh, yes, it, it, it was it was a touching, heartwarming moment um, to have the fans not only acknowledge the New Mexico State pitcher Friday night, but there were in Dougie's section. Uh, with the, with the, the parting handshakes, uh, the Oregon State fans uh, were also giving a, a, a Vanderbilt team a tribute. I, I saw that from my remove uh, farther down the right field line. So it wasn't just Friday night; it was it was mm-hmm. the whole weekend. Right. Um, so uh, it, it was. But I, so I, much as I want to ask John to dig up things, so. I want to I want to task a TJ with an assignment, if I might. This might be a little more complicated because it could entail royalties. But there's a song that I hear play at, at Seahawks games that actually more typically uh, is, is emblematic of Goss Stadium. When it, uh, it, so TJ, the song is about to get crazy, and the artist is a band called Oh the Larceny, and both the the, the sense of that and the lyrics of that really typify what the environment in that stadium was like. But here's what I want to conclude with, Mike. Many commentators were observing the knowledgeable fan base, but you're a part of that, Mike. You're a great teacher of the game. And yes, people get the experience of going to the stadiums, but they hear your calls. They hear you go over the history of the Lord, you and Jim Wilson, especially when Jim's here in the postseason, the, the technical aspects of the game. So you should feel a modicum of, uh, of pride 
in bringing the Oregon State baseball audience along now more than two decades. So, because uh, uh, I know I, I know I've annoyed and aggravated you <laughs> at times through the years, but I, but I want to give you some props here too because I think you're a contributory element to that. And I'll just conclude again with this: my buddy Roland, who you met down in Scottsdale. Yes. Watch it. He, he wasn't there. He was watching the game from afar. Games real far. He says, Corvallis is the baseball equivalent of Lincoln, Nebraska, to football. Because those fans in football famously know the game, welcome, oppose it. They give ovations to visiting teams. They acknowledge accomplishments by the, the adversary on the field. So uh, Roland just loves Nebraska football. That's the highest compliment he can give is to say that Corvallis is the baseball equivalent uh, in college baseball. So uh, I, have, I have more things to observe, but you've got to get other calls in the hour short. So those are my few reflections on the, the weekend that was. It was a tremendous weekend, Dave. Thank you for that. And, boy, Jimmy yesterday, I mean, all, all the time with Jimmy, but he was. I just felt like he was sensing things as well as ever in terms of the types of pitches that were coming, in terms of how – Pitchers were setting up hitters in terms of how Coach Dorman set up the bullpen and everything. I mean, it was just a fun game to be around and get to call it with Jim was an honor. I'm hoping, Dave, I'm going to ask for a caller, Millie. Millie, if you're listening, this would be the best time to call. Uh, and I'll have her share the story. If she doesn't call, I'll, I'll do the best I can to share it about your book on Captain Cook. Since you have been kind ah. enough to say nice things, she has some things she'd like to share with you on the air. And I, I said, Millie... You know, I talked to her the other day. Give us a call on the Joe Beaver Show so Dave can enjoy that and and well-deserved praise for for the experience your book has given uh, members of her family. So thank you for the uh, for the call, Dave. Look forward to seeing you down here for the Super Regional. Okay, about to get crazy by older <laughs> larceny, KJ. I got it up. Okay, well uh, maybe after we come out of the break, maybe we'll play it a little bit. In the meantime, let's go to Paul. And in the meantime, on the Downward Dog phone line. We've saved the Millie line at 541-497-5356. Millie, if you happen to be listening today, now might be a good time to share that story. I know we talked about you wanting to, if we could uh, find uh, the right window for it. Paul, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, Mike. I can attest to Dave wearing out that concrete there between uh, down there on the right field line. He, He kept on, you know, about... Every three minutes, he'd be back to me, and he'd say, "Man, I just can't sit down." He says, "I just this is this is too intense." He says, "I just yeah. I, I got to keep moving." Yeah. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. You'd have loved it, Mike. I love it. Now I know it. And if I if I could have been a peripatetic broadcaster yesterday, pacing through the McGrath family press box, I would have. But I've got to kind of stay put on that headset. But Big Jim Wilson was up and down. He said, "Mike, I can't sit. I'm standing. I'm standing." So he would kind of pick his spots. <laughs> to stand, to, to sit, and if, if things were going well, he would he would stay put, but if something went bad, then he'd stand up. So everybody was trying to do their part yesterday. Yeah, and that was, that was uh, such a great game that everybody, everybody contributed to. I mean, the strikeouts of Spencer Jones, every, that's some of the highest tension in a game that can ever happen. Yeah. Every time that guy came to the plate, Yep. I believe everybody in the stadium who knew who he was were sitting on the edge of the seat going, oh, no, what's he going to do this time? Yeah. I mean, it, the, the guy's incredible, you know, just yes. just, just his presence is yes. incredible drama. When he steps into the box, yeah, uh-oh. I mean, how I used to feel growing up watching big number 44, Willie McCovey in the on-deck circle, I'd start getting nervous as a young Dodger fan. Oh, McCovey's coming up, Dad, what do we... What are we going to do? And usually give up a home run is what you're going to do. And Spencer Jones had that kind of effect on all of us, no doubt about it. And and for Cooper to induce him to hit that little dribbler, the only contact made, all the other outs or strikeouts, was a, was a beautiful thing to watch. And the, and the strikeouts, was it Ferrer that struck him out? I think Ferrer did strike him out. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look at my sheet. There were so many big moments. I know that I think um, – Jaron Hunter got him too early. On a, yeah, when yeah. Jaron struck mean, out the Jaron side. Hunter has that really good curveball. It, it just drops right out of sight. And yeah. I think Ferrar threw him one too that was in the dirt that he swung at. But yeah, 
just to get him to strike out twice, even though he hit a home run. Yes, yes. That's a big win right there. It was. Good to hear from you, Paul. Thank you. We're going to go to Rich before we take a break. Millie, again, we got a line open for you, 497-5356. And if not today, maybe tomorrow. Rich, good morning. Hey, good morning, Mike. Hello. Funny story, real quick. I'll make this quick. I know you're strapped for time, but uh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't watch the game. I couldn't listen to the game, so I taped it. Well, when I got home, it didn't tape. So I immediately tried to get a replay. Couldn't find it, so I so I had to go and just look at replays and the box score. And I closed my eyes and I visualized you making calls on two different things I saw in the box box score. And that was Dronetti's 0-2 pitch, yeah. two out, single for two. Yep. And uh, the other one was in kind of a was uh, Jerpy's uh, leadoff what did he a leadoff walk in the ninth? Yes. <laughs> yes. Did he have a leadoff walk? And, yeah. I, and I know how you just <laughs> hate the leadoff walk. <laughs> and I closed my eyes and I listened to you and it was great. And I appreciate all that you've done for us. That uh, the previous caller made the comment how you educated us, and that is so true. And thank you so much, Mike, for all that you've done. Rich, thank you. That's a that's a sweet call, sir. Thanks for making it. We're going to take a break on that note. Yeah, very kind of you and Dave to say those types of things. It it's been an honor and a joy to get to call games like this for. For a fan base, which I'm a part of, that we all care so deeply about. It's just, it's a, it's been an amazing ride. Let's take a quick break. We've got Ole Evenson and more to come on 1240 Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 8245 Edward Jones, member SIPC. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veteran Services, serving our local veterans. Get a great deal on versatile Kubota equipment today, like Kubota BX and L Series compact tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability. Z Series mowers and Sidekick utility vehicles. Stop by your local Kubota dealer today. Bring home the Kubota L2501 tractor for zero down, zero percent APR for up to 60 months. Now through June 30th. See us or go to kubotausa.com for more details. Your local Kubota dealer is Lynn Benton Tractor on Highway 99E in Tangent. Hey, this is Randy Holmes. We're still getting fired up down here at the Angry Beaver Grill. Introducing Throwdown Thursday with country line dancing beginning at 8 p.m. Can't dance but want to learn? They'll teach you a new dance every week. Don't forget our Tuesday night trivia beginning at 7 o'clock. Wednesday nights featuring all-you-can-eat spaghetti dinner for 7 bucks, and get the best prime rib dinner in town every Friday night. So let's get fired up and have some fun down here at the Angry Beaver on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! 1240 Joe Radio. A few texts to get to. Millie has not called. Ole Evenson will join us in a few minutes. Anybody else relieved it's not UCLA coming here? Anybody? Thank you for that, Dave. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I think I said recently that uh, I just, I've seen enough of them, but 
Auburn is hot. Auburn's really good. Obviously, they're very good to beat UCLA good the to way beat they UCLA did. UCLA handily yeah. twice. The city of Corvallis. There's a text from Glenny. The city of Corvallis ought to hire the ESPN guys as our city ambassadors. Were they really effusive about the city? I didn't hear a moment I of did the not, broadcast. Also, did not hear a moment uh, of the broadcast. So I, I don't know. But everything I saw on Twitter and on the text line about the ESPN broadcast. First of all, not able to find it. It was on SEC Network right. yesterday. I think ESPNU on Friday. I mean, just not channels in your standard cable package. So it was a little difficult to find. And then on the other end, apparently they were not too favorable about uh, Corrales. Not overly. But I, I don't have any. Now, any, who's this you're saying? It, whoever the the, whoever the announcers were. Stalker and yeah, someone else. And a I, guy whose name I don't know and I, I never met during the weekend. I love Stalker. Yeah. I love Kevin Stalker yeah. as a person. He's been great to mm-hmm. us over the years. I like him. So yeah, I don't know what they said, but uh, apparently it was it, it was not uh, it, not favorable to the texters and the listeners. Interesting, because I just got a text from Glenny, the city of Corvallis, quote, ought to hire the ESPN guys as city ambassadors. I think it was a joke. So he's he's, he's joking. joking. That's I think so. Glenny, I believe so. Glenny, tell me this, if I'm wrong. Yeah, are you being sarcastic? Because I know nothing. I, I don't know you, what they said. I think he's being sarcastic. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Dear Joe Beaver show from Doug. While Corvallis had 4,000 rain-soaked fans, Portland also had some great sports fans. Saturday, 50,000 auto racing fans braved the rain for an Infinity NASCAR event at Portland Portland International Raceway. It was the first NASCAR race of this level in 20 years. State of Oregon sports fans came across really well on TV. Glad ESPN, too, will have the games next weekend. That's Doug in Salem. And then... uh, this is the type of uh, quote, text, and so on, as we hope to uh, sprinkle these in through the rest of the week. One of the most intense games ever at Goss, writes the texter on the University Honda text line. I was so glad I had to work so I could burn off the nervous energy while listening. By the end of the game, it felt like I'd run a marathon. Thank you for that. I know, I know the feeling. The ESPN guys were pretty negative. According to, uh, let's see, the, the, okay, hang on, I'm trying to get this. The ESPN guys were pretty negative, not fans, or I was at the games, they complained about the lack of anything. I Okay, I'm not sure. If, and somebody, somebody else writes in, yes, they love Corvallis, but not the nightlife. I didn't have time. I had a couple of you saying, hey, reach out and, and help these guys find a place because Stalker's saying he can't find anything. There's all kinds of things downtown. So, you know, I don't know if you take a left turn, right turn. If you're downtown, if he was in a downtown Corvallis hotel, I'm not sure which one they were at, but you can walk this way, that way, and find a lot of great spots. So yeah, you if can. they were, and they missed him somehow then. It, it does take time to adjust as someone with a firsthand experience of, of coming new to Corvallis. Uh, it, you know, it, it's, it can be a quick adjustment. Who do we got here? We have Dev. Dev. Dev from Eugene. Okay, Dev, we'll get Dev in, and then we'll break and come back with Oli. Dev, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning. Hey, I watched all the games, and I watched some of the games that were on the regional, from Corvallis. Those announcers love Corvallis. They had food sent to them from one of the local restaurants. I want to say Murphy sent them some roast beef and potatoes. Yes. They were so appreciative, and the the main announcer was so blown away by the, the crowd applauding the New Mexico State pitcher that mm-hmm. he just fell in love with Corvallis. That's great. And he he yeah. raved about it. And I, the one thing I really loved is Stalker's a Pac-12 guy, mm-hmm. and the SEC network had to listen to him yesterday, <laughs> and he was pulling for the Beavers, I'm telling you. You could sense so, that, huh? Yeah. Uh, whatever you guys are thinking, those guys love Corvallis and everything about that regional. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And that's what's amazing to me about broadcasters and the job that people that are supposedly down the middle have to try to engage in. I remember Vin Scully, Vin Scully in 1986, Dev, had the Red Sox fans hating him and the Mets fans hating him because they said he's rooting for the other team. So Scully must have been doing a decent, he must have been doing a decent job. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Dev, and the report. We appreciate it. We'll take a break. We're going to get a kind of a first-hand experience of 
not a total newcomer to Beaver baseball. I look forward to Ole Evenson's story as representative of what this team, this program, his friendship struck up with pitching coach Rich Dorman at the beginning of the year and how because he met Rich and they didn't know each other, but they sat on a plane. What do you do? Well, I work for Old Trapper. Oh, So one of the founders, uh, the family business, the Evenson family in Forest Grove, Old Trapper Beef Jerky, right up the road from us, Ole Evenson to tell the family story, but also about his own friendship with Coach Dorman and his kind of newfound love and appreciation for Beaver baseball. Ole joins us next on 1240 Joe Radio. Now's the time to get a great deal on proven Kubota farming equipment, tractors that are adaptable and versatile, hay tools that are backed by a two-year warranty, and durable sidekick utility vehicles and SSV skid steers. The Kubota agriculture lineup is built right, built ready. Right now, bring home select Kubota equipment for zero down, 0% APR for up to 60 months. Now through June 30th, visit KubotaUSA.com for full details. Your local Kubota dealer is Lynn Benton Tractor on Highway 99E in Tangent. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Need your auto glass repaired or replaced? Need to recalibrate your advanced car safety system? Don't call that 800 number. Call the glass man. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beeves! Our thanks to Corvallis Floor Covering and the phrase at Shop Local and Go Beeves. I'll tell you, I've become aware, and we're going to have more time this week to get your reaction to yesterday's amazing ball game. We've got a lot of texts coming in, which we appreciate. We'll try to get to some of them perhaps near the end of the show. If not, we will cover them as the week goes along. But speaking of local, but uh, a marketplace that I, I presume is international out of Forest Grove, Old Trapper Beef Jerky, Ole Evenson. I had the pleasure of meeting Ole at PDX on a, before the Beavers were getting ready to head down the road, and I had one of those aha moments. Rich Dorman, a pitching coach for the Beavers, do, done such a tremendous job and lined it up so beautifully yesterday and brings Koufax out of the pen for the last six outs. What a sweet moment that all was, Cooper Jerpy getting it done. But it was through Rich that I met Ole Evenson, who is part of the family business, Old Trapper Beef Jerky, based in Forest Grove, which I didn't know until I met him at PDX uh, six weeks or a month, couple of months ago on a Beaver road trip. And Ole has become, he maybe was before, too. We'll get his own story with respect to Rich and the Beavers and his, his certainly newfound strong passion for Beaver baseball. Ole Evenson from Old Trapper joins us. You can learn more about their story at oldtrapper.com. I've navigated the site and just found it a fascinating tale of a family business established in Forest Grove in 1969 and what it's grown into. And Ole Evenson, part of the family business, joins us on the Joe Beaver Show today. Ole, we were going to do this yesterday, but you and I both figured out the Beavers are playing a baseball game, and it sounds like you were locked in for the entire game. Before we even start talking about your company, what about yesterday's ball game? Oh, it was pretty amazing. It was uh, quite a treat to listen to it and uh, you know, hear your voice on the radio, which I've been listening to for over 30 years. Uh, was you know fun. Uh, what a great comeback! Get behind, you know, just like most things in life, get behind, you know, get ahead, 
get behind, get ahead, get behind, <laughs> have some drama with the guys. You know, they walk the guy, steal second, steal third, causes some commotion, get, you know, grabs the lead back for them. I think that was in the fourth inning. Uh, you know, just high drama, as life is, right? And then uh, keep grinding, and you never know what will happen. Trust the process, and the results will take care of themselves. And as long as you keep doing that grind, things are going to turn out for you, you know, on the right side more often than not. Yeah, it was. Uh, you described it well. It was that type of swing, high emotions, low, punch in the gut, exhilaration. The ballpark atmosphere <laughs> was incredible, Ole. I hope that came through as you watched it on television and driving around, working, hearing some of it on the radio. Could you sense just what the atmosphere at the ballpark? Oh, yeah. You could, you know, you could hear the fans, you know, ooh and on and a couple uh, close pitches that, mm-hmm. you know, went – the way they disagreed with. <laughs> and then there was the, uh, the challenge play at first base, you know, which said uh, you guys on the radio, it said, you know, it looked clearly that the guy was safe, but, yeah. you know, they don't get a chance to see that from mm-hmm. the dugout. So you got to go with the gut feeling and lost the challenge on, uh, one of the Vanderbilt players being safe at first base. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, so yes, it came through. Uh, and then when the, the I think it was a two run home run put in the fifth inning. So yeah. To push it to six to three, yeah. Uh, you were like, "Oh, fly ball!" <laughs> oh, got <get> out. <laughs> that was only. I was totally surprised. That was clear. I normally have a fairly good feel on a trajectory of a ball and that Melton ball, but Jimmy said because it was Melton that hit it. That's why he knew it, yep. it had a chance. I just thought the ball, Bradfield was catching everything. I thought he was going to find a way to catch that one, too, and it kind of jumped well, over he, the fence. Sure. And, well, and, he, and he did, I think, with the inning prior, there was a, a fly ball that he had caught right at the fence, mm-hmm. and, and you were you were, had the same uh, tone to your voice, and <laughs> your partner was like, I, I thought that one was going out, and you're like, I knew it wasn't. He, was, <laughs> he got the fence. He was going to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> well... And I'm afraid I got sucked into that thinking when Melton hit his ball, and it was a joyous moment to see it jump over. Well, clearly, talking to you, Ole, you're a fan. Uh, tell me, tell us a little bit about, before we get into your meeting with Rich and maybe even enhancing your own fan experience this year, Ole Evenson from Old Trapper joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. It, you grew up in the state, it sounds like, and so have you kind of had an affinity for all sports or for the Beavers or what as you've grown up? Well, yeah, so, it, so, you know, was actually born in Tillamook, uh, and then, you know, went through all my youth here in Forest Grove, with high school here in Forest Grove. Um, so, as far as the universities go, I've been a, a Beaver and, and uh, you know, the other guy's fan <laughs> for, okay. uh, forever. Yeah. Um, you know, home, homegrown. Uh, myself and my two brothers, we, we went to Winfield, uh, you know, which is right there in McMinnville. Um, and then there's, a, you know, a lot of personal ties, you know, through... I guess, uh, other connections to Oregon state, um, you know, especially on the baseball side. So my first coach at, uh, at Winfield was Pat Casey's brother, Chris Casey. So there was this, you know, we had great admiration and respect for Chris. And, you know, so then obviously just de facto became a fan of, of Beaver baseball specifically. And then, you know, it's kind of easy to be a fan when they do nothing but win (laughs) (laughs) or, a lot of winning. Right. And then, you know, to, 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 you know, to see, you know, some, you know, guys come through, you know, the program, the, you know, local guys, and just say, you know, it's on the team now, some Oregon products that are, you know, big contributors to, to the, to the baseball team. That's fantastic. And then, you know, I'm sure a lot of Beaver fans out there, you know, remember a guy from a couple of years ago named Adley Rutschman. His, his grandfather was uh, also uh, involved with Winfield. So, you know, that, that tie. And then uh, when my daughter was doing catching lessons, she got hooked up with a guy named Randy Rutschman, Adley's father. And so, you know, Randy was her catching coach for quite a while. And, you know, it's just you know, all these little ties that, you know, are, are enamorous to uh, staying a fan. That's great. Ole Evenson from Old Trapper joining us. And then... It goes to even a different level, it sounds like. I mean, you already had ties, clearly, and admiration and, and experience with the Beaver baseball program. But 
when Coach Dorman introduced you to me at PDX, it sounds like you guys connected on a plane, on a flight. You started chatting with each other, sitting next to each other. Tell us a little bit about that and maybe what that kind of did to, to get you maybe even more vitally interested in, in, in this Beaver baseball season. Well, for sure. You know, so, you know, again, connections, you know, matter. And mm-hmm. the connections from that I mentioned earlier, you know, have gone on. And so uh, I was on a plane on my way down to, uh, to, to Phoenix. And the Beavers are going out, I think, for spring, uh, you know, preseason, right. first, the first games of the season. And uh, happened to sit next to Rich, and we just strike up a conversation, uh, just talking about life and what do you do. And I didn't know if he, you know, what his position was, so we had to talk about it. And we had to talk about my, you know, my coach. I was a uh, young lady prospect softball coach for 20 years, and uh, you know, so. Involved in the pitching side, so you know, I struck up those conversations, and then Rich asked, "What are you doing?" I said, "I make beef jerky." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so really, you know, what, what time? And I happened to have a couple bags with me, so I opened it up and, and shared it with him. And you know, he asked the role, and I said, "Well, it's a family business, part of the family, and you know, we're you know, right here in Bush Grove, you know, local, and we traded numbers and have been texting back and forth. He uh, has invited me down to some games, and you know, I really wanted to do that, but the weather's been yeah, I'm, I'm a fair weather fitness fan <laughs> kind of guy. So, <laughs> I understand. I was really. really hoping. I was really hoping there was, and I don't even know if it happened. There was supposed to be a, a game up here at Hillsdale Stadium. I yes. was, you know, wanting, you know, had that on my calendar or something to do, but you know, I can't remember exactly what happened on the timing for that. But we've been texting back and forth, and you know, when you and I met, you guys were going down. I think through the last series against Arizona, you were way down in Tucson. And uh, my youngest brother and I were headed to Germany to look for some equipment. And just we just happened to text each other, you know, hey, what's going on? And going to the airport. Well, oh, I'm at the airport. <laughs> now let's meet at Starbucks. Yeah. So we met at Starbucks, and that's where you and I yeah. first connected. It was really a pleasure to meet you and to kind of learn who you were what and the family business, which I've, I've enjoyed your product for years. I've been impressed by the fact that you have Jim Rome himself, the king of sports talk radio, as a primary spokesperson for Old Trapper Beef Jerky. So all of that, I wow, I I did not know. Only I've just got to admit, I should have known, I guess, but I didn't know you were Oregon-based. I think I misspoke earlier, but did you start in Tillamook and then move the the company to Forest Grove? Tell us, I guess, just tell us the story of your family business, Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Yeah, so we've been around for, for 52 years, uh, 1969. Um, our parents were both from Southern California, and they came up to visit the Northwest in the summer of 1967. Uh, realized that it only rains at night, and everything <laughs> is green, much better than Southern California. So they found a small little uh, CT uh, canoe store type business on the Wilson River Highway in Lee's Camp, which is about 30 miles inland from Tillamook. Uh, on the on Highway Six there, and uh, they said, you know what, we're going to move up to where it only rains at night and everything's green, <laughs> and buy this little store and we'll see what happens. Well, it turned out that uh, it rains a lot more, and <laughs> not everybody goes to the coast nonstop. So, right, <laughs> so right. with this convenience store, there was a little smoke shack, and uh, somebody brought in some sliced beef and said, will you smoke this up for me? And, they said, sure, you know, for a price, we'll do anything. We need the business. And they did it and found out what beef jerky is and decided to start a new adventure. And in 1969, incorporated Old Trapper right there in, uh, in Lee's camp, a real small town. I think it's a, it's a pottery barn now, the original plant, mm. uh, you know, like an art studio. Mm-hmm. And they started making jerky during the day. And at night, they'd drive around to local community stores and bars and and begged to sell, and the company had some successes through the uh, 80s and early 90s, and then fell on some hard times, and regretfully, our father passed away in 1998, and so my brothers and I, uh, our mother said, hey, you know, do you guys want to stick with this or do something else? Uh, at the time, there was eight people working for the company, which included the four of us, uh, the three brothers and our mother, and uh, we said, sure, we'll give it a shot. Uh, by 2011, we had 33 people working for us and did a little expansion on our plant here in Forest Grove. And uh, today we've built two more plants, 
and have just under 800 people working for us and pretty crazy business. Me too. Doing, uh, yeah. I think we have, you know, we have, we've got, like you said, Jim Rome as a sponsor. We're a big sponsor for the Portland Timbers. Um, you know, we're on the NFL network, ESPN, run national commercials, uh, outdoor network. Uh, you know, if you go to our, our website and see some of our YouTube commercials, they're the same commercials that'll be running on television. We think we have a, uh, pretty good sense of humor that goes with it. Um, and, you know, our family continues to grow. Yeah, and only I'm wondering then, I mean, to take it from where you did when you, your mom, your mom and, and, Talk to you, the sons. You want to keep this thing going. What what began to happen? Was there a a moment, a you know, where you kind of began to get that traction and get over the hump and expand and grow into what you just described? What were some of the things that sort of happened along the way to get you to where you are now? Well, well you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of hard work, um, a lot of uh, fortune. Um, you know, there were some. Some competitors in the industry uh, stepped away from, you know, uh, distribution chains and opened up opportunities for us to step in. Um, we had reinvented some of our products and packaging, um, you know, and just, I mean, it's, that's part of it, you know, and, and opportunities, opportunities arose, arose, um, you know, as you, you know, breed, you know, success breeds success. You start getting a track record. You get into a store. You know, you beg, plead, borrow, give away product to get into a store. You know, once the people start saying, "Wait a minute," you know, this this actually is really good. And you get some repeat business. And you start to tell a story. Um, I think it was 2013 or 2014. You know, we started to do marketing. You know, and started just on the internet. Um, and you know, got. You know, some commercial production going, um, and then that that lended to credibility to the company. Um, and being able to you know, have the opportunity to advertise and continue to make the best product. We, you know, we truly believe we make the best product, and that's what we stand on. That's what all 700-plus people here, that's their goal is to have the best product every single time. Uh, you know, and that's so great. I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great story. I mean, it really is. I just wonder now, since since this is the sports world, you've talked about the Timbers and you sponsor basketball tournaments. You're you're involved, as you said, in some of these other networks. That so, sports sounds like a pretty big deal to you guys in terms of the marketing of your product, Old Trapper Beef Jerky. So how did? Because we hear Rome every day. I'm a big fan of Jim Rome's. I hear so I hear about you every day as I'm heading out here and didn't know didn't know until recently. That we, you're right up the road, so this is cool for me and for all of us here locally. So, do you know? Do you know the story behind the Rome connection? And so it's just it was part of our marketing plan. That you know, our, our demographic is uh, you know people that are outdoors, uh, active, you know, want uh, you know protein on the go, and, and so it speaks to speaks to the demographic of you know who we are, which is our customer. Um, that we're trying to to reach reach the the ilk of, of that kind, and Jim Rome is a is a huge huge part part of that, and it's uh, it's amazing when we first started with uh, Rome about three and a half years ago, every, almost every day I would get a text from different friends. Oh my lord, I just heard you on the Jim Rome show. I just heard you on the Jim Rome show, and you know, I can remember you know when I was my family car was the company van listening to the Jim Rome show. <laughs> it's pretty cool that yeah. you know, our products are on there now and you know, the, the, the growth and change and the opportunities that have sounded you know, through that. And then the credibility that, it, that that lends to, again, who, you know, who we are and what our company is. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a great connection and, and, it, and I'm going to feel even better about it. Knowing you, uh, knowing a little bit of your story, uh, Ole Evenson has been joining us here. We're running short of time, Ole. Really appreciate the story and the perspective. The final thing is, too, I think you alluded to it early, and that is talking about Rich and talking about Beaver Baseball and the story of your company. They're, they're parallel in the sense of the grind and the hard work and the continuing to believe. That's all it sounds like. It's a big part of what Old Trapper's been about through the years. 100%. You, know, you never know what's you know, what is coming around the corner, what, you know, what 
error uh, might happen or, you know, guys be one third to, you know, a customer has a mistake or a vendor, you know, whatever it is, you just got to have to continue to believe that what you're doing is the right thing. Continue to do the process correctly. Believe in your, your product, your process, and at the end of the day, the results will take care of themselves over the long haul. And it's, it's all a long game. It, it is longer than nine innings <laughs> or a season. It, you know, it's a long run. So, well, it's been a long game. It's been a great run for you guys. I really appreciate the kind of making a tie to the local connection, Ole. Enjoyed meeting you at PDX. Hope our paths will cross again and really appreciate you taking time for the show. I can tell how hard you're committed to your business and work, though, off to Germany and traveling around on behalf of the company all the time. I hope someday you can get yourself into Goss Stadium, maybe even this weekend for a super regional game. Is that possible? I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> we hope to see if you do come by say hello we hope to meet see you again Ole. Sure. congratulations you to you again. to you and your family and uh, congratulations keep up the great work and thanks for joining us thanks for having me really appreciate it Ole evenson from old trapper that's a that's a great story tj uh, to have a little company you know how about the just all of these stories it sounds like uh, john in the morning show plays the success journal with somebody. I don't know who, what the Joker's name is and whether that feature is still on. John, is it? But they, I, I know over the years listening to the Clue Morning Update, and John's going to be back on that soon, by the way. He's getting better. Monday. Monday. There we go. I know I see all the texts that come in. John, we miss you. How are you? I talked to John briefly last night. Getting better. Getting better day by day, feeling a little stronger. Dave, getting back to where we started, Dave said... I didn't get to hear any of the show. I'm busy mm-hmm. at a lot, but those are the busiest times for me on a game day, the hour and a half before, two hours before coming on the air with interviews and lineup writing and all of that. So I didn't get to hear Aria or Dave's call. Dave said later, Dave Tum- from Tumwater came up and said, I was on the show today and I called. I asked how the show was. So, well, I called. I said, how was John? And Dave used the word. He sounded pretty feisty. Is that true? Was John a yeah, little he feisty? Sa- he sounded. He sounded good. He sounded like he had a lot more energy uh, and such. He just sounded. You know, I'm sure John is. He spent probably spent a lot of time while he's sick inside watching television and wanting to do something. A little John, antsy. John's a, a John when he's here working is a hundred miles an hour. Oh my gosh! So it, it just so a little, little out of a, a little out of the ordinary for him. But the good thing he gets to sleep. How was Aria? Aria Gerson. She was good. good, isn't she? She's a good writer. I know that. She was good, and we both spent time in the Cape League uh, covering the guys over there. I know this is a West Coast League uh, station and West Coast League market. Cape Cod League is a great league. Yes, it is. It is phenomenal. Less than a minute, TJ. Uh, The Mariners in the set, too, with the Astros. Has that been building for a while? Uh, It seems like it has. I mean, there was a little bit of a fiasco last year, if you remember that Dylan Moore Grand Slam uh, in the middle of, like, July and – they threw at, um, I think they threw at, they threw at someone else after that. And then, you know, Kyle Lewis got hit with a ball a couple weeks ago. He got concussed and he's now on the IL for it. That was against the Astros. Um, and that, and it seemed like Ty France when he got hit in the ninth inning yesterday, didn't take too kindly to it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of barking. The dugouts emptied. And then all of a sudden Julio Rodriguez comes up and it's a two run home run into right field. And I, I lost it when I was listening to that. I bet that you were. Great. The Mariners are kind of swinging it back here. Yeah, now, they aren't are. They? Yep. Okay, what time today for uh, that? Four o'clock pregame, five o'clock first pitch. That'll be good. Going for their fourth series win in a row. Awesome. Thanks a lot, TJ. We'll see you all tomorrow. We'll get to your text. Thanks for joining us today, the Joe Beaver okay, Show. Please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And- QID 1240 Joe Radio.